Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14, and it says this, And the hand of the Lord came upon me. And brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of a valley. Everybody say a valley. valley. And it was full of bones. And then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, they were everywhere. And they were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. Everybody say very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Get ready for your situation to hear the word of the Lord this morning. Come on, lean over to somebody and say, get ready for your situation to hear the word of the Lord this morning. And he said, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will put sinews or skin on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and then you shall know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Somebody say there was a noise. There was a noise and suddenly a rattling And the bones begin to come together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy breath into them. Prophesy, son of man, and say, breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breath on these slain, that they may live. Almost done. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. Somebody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they stood up on their feet, and and it was an exceedingly great army. And he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of the United States of America. And these bones are the whole house of Israel. And indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when you have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. And I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, says the Lord. You may have your seats. As a minister, I always try to make things both biblical and practical to the listener. And no, I do not download, as I mentioned as I was praying before, I have never downloaded a sermon off of Google. Uh, These sermons are developed through lots of scripture reading and just simply spending time 
with the Lord, but I've always asked the Lord, let me not lean over to the side of being too theological to where, although I want to be biblical, but I don't want to be so theological to where it's not applicable to your personal situation. I believe when Jesus gave parables and he spoke to people, he was speaking on both a global level to where it could apply to the whole world, but also to our personal situations. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We need God to speak into our personal lives, not just global, globally, but he needs to speak to our lives personally so we can make adequate changes. Amen? In this particular scripture, if I'm being contextual, uh, it is Ezekiel who is a prophet in the Old Testament. This is an Old Testament prophet. And he's going into a vision. Uh, John calls that vision on the Lord's day. In other words, the Lord took him up in the spirit and literally this prophet Ezekiel is seeing a vision. And in this vision, as the scripture describes, it's a valley that's completely full of bones. It looks like dead people, that, but they've been there for a long time. The reason is, is because the children of Israel had been in captivity for 70 years. These are God's people. God's people who had a promise that they were gonna have a land flowing with milk and honey. Actually, as a matter of fact, this, this is, this, they're in a captivity to where they're, they're in bondage and they're looking at God's promise on one hand, Lord, you've promised me this, but I'm looking at this. Amen? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel like you have some promises over your lives, but then when you look at your situation, it looks like that. He promised that you would be healthy, but then you're struggling physically in your body. He promised you would be married, and yet you're still single. He promised you freedom, and yet you still have certain struggles and propensities in your life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, y'all look, church people, look, y'all look like y'all have halos over your head this morning, like you guys don't have problems. Sometimes in your walk with the Lord, your situation will actually oppose what God has promised you, and will look nothing like what God has promised. And this is exactly what Ezekiel is seeing. He's seeing a valley full of dry bones, but it's not a physical dry bones. These dry bones, he's looking at because he understands the scriptures that were foretold, that the children of Israel, because at one point they were in bondage in Egypt, right? From, from Exodus, right? They go out of Egypt and they enter into the promised land. And now here they are all these years later, and now they're back into bondage again. In other words, they were delivered once, they got free and are in bondage again. And so Ezekiel's looking at this valley of dry bones. His people are in captivity. And yet God is speaking to him, and he says this to him, and I, and I love this. He says, oh, son of man, what do you see? And you almost hear this sarcasm erupt from Ezekiel's heart. Oh, Lord, you know. Somebody say, oh, Lord, you know. In other words, this situation had been like this for years, and it almost sounds like Ezekiel is tired and says, Lord, you handle it. Oh, you know. But the thing is, is that God was trying to get this prophet's words to line up with his word. And that's the problem I feel with the body of Christ. We are talking about, we are saying too much of what the world is saying about what our government is going through. Instead of asking, Lord, what are you saying about this thing that we're finding ourselves in? But you know what I believe? I believe everything is falling into place just as prophecy has laid it out in scripture. I believe that all the chips are beginning to line up in chronological order. Everything that is written in scripture is you are being, you are seeing being fulfilled right now currently. Look at somebody and say, it's coming together. That's why I wanna minister this message this morning called, it's coming together. Somebody say, it's coming together. 
I want you to look at this in verse three. And he says this, and he said to me, who said it? God. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, oh Lord, you know. Do you hear that passive response? Oh Lord, you know. Oh Lord, you know if this marriage is gonna survive. Oh Lord, you know if America is gonna make it through this. Oh Lord, you know if my body's gonna be healed. Have you ever asked someone how they're doing and they give you this Christianese response? Does everybody know what Christianese is? You know they're going through something and you ask them how they're doing and they say blessed and highly favored. <laughs> all is good, God is good, all the time and all the time. They give you this, they, they, they've rehearsed it, but you know they're going through it. And this is exactly what Ezekiel was doing. You know you're not doing good, Ezekiel. Ezekiel was in a bad place. He was a prophet, and prophets are ones who speak the word of God boldly. Yet his situation has robbed him of his tenacity and of his ability to be able to hear God's voice and to see what God really wants to do. And that's exactly what our situations do if you look at them too long. And here's the thing. God is saying, what do you see? Practically, he sees a valley of dry bones. But the thing is, God sees something else when he looks at dead situations. And that's why we have to see what God sees. Somebody say, see what God sees. When you look at your situation, and your valley of bones can reflect a lot of different things. It could be your valley of dry bones, maybe I'm going through a transition, and I don't know if this business is going to work out. Your valley of dry bones may be, Lord, I've been asking you, and yet I'm still finding myself in this addictive state. I'm still finding myself with this gnawing problem that I can't seem to get rid of. I've been praying for my marriage for years, and it's still not alive. It's still dead. It looks like I have y'all's attention this morning. And one of the key points to what Ezekiel did is he didn't stay silent. He didn't stay silent when God began to, began to prod him and, and poke at him and say, what do you see? He spoke up. Somebody say, he spoke up. And you have to be careful in seasons where you're going through seasons where you, your valley is full of dry bones because there will be times that the enemy will try to get you to cower down in silence so you won't say what God says. Because until you say what God says, you won't get what God says. And, and, and do, you, do you see that, that God was wanting Ezekiel, the prophet's mouth, to line up with heaven? And I believe that's what's happening in America right now. We have to stop speaking what we see. And we have to start, start speaking by faith. Speaking with hope. Speaking with love. Speaking with joy. And I've got a feeling the reason why that situation was so dead is because you had so many people speaking negative. I'm surprised at how many Christians are speaking negative, how many prophets, supposed prophets, are speaking negative into this situation. We have to make sure our speech lines up with what heaven is saying. And that's exactly what the enemy will do. He will, he will cause you to look at your valley long enough to where you, you are silenced. Did you know that the, the enemy is after your mouth? See, for a man and most of the men in this room, wives, if you're married, you'll understand what I'm about to say, and this wasn't in my notes. When a man stops talking is when you gotta start worrying. Because when a woman's hurting, <laughs> she don't stay silent. Isn't that right, Aaron? She gets louder as she's hurting. She's wanting her man to hear her. 
But when a man starts getting silent, you have to start worrying. And so this is exactly this disposition that, that Ezekiel is having. Oh, Lord, you know. He knew better than that. He was a prophet. Prophets mean they speak the word of God boldly. So his situation began to rob him of his boldness. And there are oftentimes we'll go through certain situations, some things that the Lord did not plan for you to go through, but the enemy causes you to go through. And what he wants you to do, he wants you to cower down in silence. Can I encourage you this morning? We must never allow our circumstances to control our level and our passion for God. Never allow your circumstances to control. There are times in the morning when I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I just, I don't feel like reading the word. I don't feel like praying. And my situation is calling Donnie Smith to cower down in silence. But can I tell you, we cannot go off of our feelings. We have to go by our faith. We have to go by what the word of God says. And this is what God is doing and saying to Ezekiel. He's saying, don't be silent. Speak my word boldly into your dead situation. Somebody say, speak, and speak it boldly. There was this story of Smith Wigglesworth who they called him the apostle of faith. He's probably one of my favorite men of God. I believe he died in 1849, I believe. And he was giving this, um, he was telling a story in this book. It's not recorded. There's no audio, but he, he wrote this book, or the book was recorded uh, of him telling a story during, during one of his sermons. And he tells of this story uh, of this woman that he's seen walking on the street side and he was kind of, he wasn't following her. I guess they were both going to the train. That's how they used transportation back in the early 1800s, in the mid 1800s. And he says her dog was following her and he's observing this and gently the old lady, she's about 80, she wasn't you know, any of you guys age when I say older lady. She was seasoned. That's a better word. And she was walking, and her dog would not stop following her to the train station. And this seasoned young lady says, go home, sweetheart, go home, very gently. But nonetheless, the dog kept following her over and over. And Smith Wigglesworth said this happened three and four times until they got to the bus station. And then all of a sudden, the lady, the train shows up, and the seasoned young lady turns to the dog and says, go home right now. And the dog puts the tail between the legs and runs all the way home. And Smith Wigglesworth said this, if people were to treat the devil this way, they wouldn't have so much bondage in their life. What am I trying to say is, is don't speak to your situation with this casual response that Ezekiel did. Oh, Lord, you know, you could change this marriage if you wanted to. When I hear this from Christians, if God really wanted me to rescue out of the, wanted me rescued out of what I'm facing right now, he would do it, not really realizing that God actually partners with your mouth and partners with your boldness so that a situation can be changed. Am I preaching to the right crowd? Come on, you have to, with authority, begin to speak to your situation. I love this quote by Reinhard Bonnke. He says this, when you see the enemy at work in your life, don't purr like a kitten, roar like a lion. Listen, in other words, don't let the devil know he's winning in your life. When your situation is looking opposite to what God says, do not give the enemy privilege to let him know that you're hopeless and that you're fearful. It's not calling, it's not being fake. It's called being faithful. Come on, somebody say, I'm faith-filled. And so if you're looking at your life right now today, 
and all you're seeing is dry bones. All you're seeing is a valley. Don't just accept it. Speak to it. Say, speak to it. Listen, listen, listen what God says. He says, can these bones live? Does that sound like a God who wants a dead situation to stay dead? To me, it sounds like God wants you to have faith in him that he can change it for you if you speak to it. So God uses your mouth to change it. And you're like, where is that in the Bible? Let's read Deuteronomy if we could put it up on the screen. And it says this in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14. Watch this. But the word is very near to you. Where's it at? In your, the word is in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. In other words, this is saying that God's word is in your mouth to bring change and transformation to a situation because the Bible says that my words are spirit and they are not my words, his words. He says, my spirit, my words are spirit and they are life. In other words, you can speak to a dead situation and all of a sudden bones begin to rattle and bones begin to line up and flesh starts to, to go on and bone begins to line up to what you're saying because it's God's word in your mouth. And here's the thing. We have to be careful that we don't speak our word. We speak his word. You know why many of our situations don't respond and change? Is because we say, we, wanna, we say what we want to say. But your situation won't respond to what you're saying. It responds to what God says. Do you remember the seven sons of Sceva? This wasn't in, in my notes. In the book of Acts, the apostle Paul, who was anointed by Jesus... He's casting out demons and he's healing the sick and he's going about doing miracles. I mean, extraordinary miracles, the Bible says, were wrought by the hands of Paul. But God was using him. Amen? It wasn't Paul. But then there were some guys who observed what Paul was doing. And then they go, there was a demon that was, uh, or many demons that were oppressing a certain man. And the Bible says nobody would go in the room. As a matter of fact, the seven sons of Sceva that's what their name was, they go into this house and they lay hands on this guy and they say these words, we cast you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. That's like you going and praying for somebody and you saying, I cast this devil out just like pastor told me to in the name of Jesus whom Pastor Donnie preaches. In other words, you don't have a revelation of Jesus yourself. You only have a revelation of who's of someone else's revelation of Jesus. And that's the thing. We have to have a, a personal encounter, a personal relationship with Jesus ourselves, a personal acquaintance with the word of God ourselves, and then begin to speak that word, and then the situation will change. Somebody say, it's in my mouth. Number two, don't speak death, speak life. If you're finding you yourself in a valley of dry bones this morning, Speak life. Too many people talk about their seven aches and pains. And I'm not saying don't find a friend or two to complain about your situation to. But if you're complaining more than you're speaking life over your situation, you're actually adding to the death of that situation than you're at, more than you're adding life. Oh, you don't believe me? Look what it says in verse 4. Again, say to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. 
Can I get a little biblical just for a moment? Just a small little teaching, a little side note. There, there's two different ways to prophesy. That word prophesy really intimidates a lot of people. Some people think that they, well, there is two different ways to prophesy. There's one level, and I'm nervous about saying this because there's, there's people in this room that are of much more caliber than I am who can talk about this. But here's my understanding both biblically and experientially is the word prophecy can mean there is an intimate relationship there are, that certain people have, and they have this innate ability to hear God say something, right? They have this moving in their heart. They just, they know the Lord's speaking and they declare what it is that he's speaking. In other words, that God is speaking to them by his Holy Spirit. That's one level of prophecy. And that's why a lot of people get themselves in trouble, especially YouTube sensations and, come on, barbershop bishops getting themselves in trouble by, by saying what God did not say. Amen. That's one level of prophecy. And that's where we have to be careful, make sure that we say what God says. But here's another way to look at prophecy. Actually, you know what that word prophecy means? It means to declare the word of God boldly. So to be technical, everybody in here can be a level. They can rest on a level of being a prophet, right? It's not the office of a prophet, but you can be prophetic. That's a better way of saying it. Everybody in this room can be prophetic, because to be prophetic simply means to declare the word of God boldly. Say boldly. Boldly, boldly into a situation. So all of us can, can walk in a level of the prophetic. And it doesn't necessarily mean you need to hear God because we already have heard him. Amen. And so you don't have to wait. Somebody called me the other day. Can I have some fun and just tell you a little something? Somebody called me the other day. It was one of the directors uh, of Shake the Nations. It's funny. And we were, we were just talking, and we were talking about hanging out. And, and oftentimes when you hang out with people, you know, I like to let my guard down, let my hair down, even though I don't have hair. You know what I mean? Let my hair down. Just, just be me, you know, and hang out with my friends. And um, he said to me, it's just so hard to hang out with certain people because everybody's looking for a word from God. And I said, so true. You know, you get around people, and they want to pull on you. And they, what is God saying for my life? The thing is, as you already said, what he was going to say. You don't necessarily get it, need to get into a line and figure out what God said. He's already said it, right? There's already things in the scriptures that he's already declared over your life. And here's what I said. I don't need a word. I need rest. Amen. You'll under, if you're in church for a long time, you understand what I mean. I just, I'm, I need rest. I don't need a word from you. I just need to rest. But, but listen, all of you can operate in, the, in a level of the prophetic that, that's a, that doesn't entail you needing to hear from heaven or see a vision. It's just a matter of speaking the word boldly over your situation. And again, that's where most of us get in trouble. We just speak what we want to say over our spe specific situation. And most of us look at our situations and, and we say how we feel about it instead of saying what God says. Listen, so instead of this morning, I want to encourage you, instead of saying, you know, why do I always get the short end of the stick? Why don't you say, I'm above all and not beneath. I'm a lender and not a borrower. Come on, say what God says. That's God's word. Instead of saying, I'm always broke, why don't you say this? Lord, I thank you that I lend and do not borrow. Thank you that you're the one who owns cattle on a thousand hills. Thank you that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Thank you that you're a God who can put money in a fish's mouth. Thank you that you're a God who can supply all of my, come on, can I preach this morning? 
thank you that you're a God that can supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Stop saying that I'm sick and telling everybody about your seven aches and pain. Yes, find some friends, but at the end of the day, 90% of your speech should be aligning with God, what God's word says about your life. Say, Lord, thank you that I'm healed. Thank you that I'm whole. Thank you that sickness is not my portion because according to the word of God, sickness shall not come nigh my dwelling. Come on, speak the word. Don't speak your word. Speak his word. Look at somebody, nudge them a little bit and say, speak his word. Come on, don't, don't say, I'm always feeling down and depressed. Say, I have the joy of the Lord. Don't say, I don't know what to do in this next season of my life. Say, Lord, I thank you that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Don't say that I'm feeling weak and I'm always getting the short end. Say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't say, my spouse will never change and I'm ready for divorce. Why don't you say, Lord, I thank you that this marriage was blessed by you and that you're about to bring some real change and transformation because he who finds a wife or finds a husband has found a good thing. Come on, I wish somebody would clap for that. I wish somebody would believe that with me. It's not called being fake. Fake, it's called being, it's called faithing it as I said before. Look at somebody and say, I'm faithing it. I'm faithing it. I'm speaking those things that be not as though they were. And you speak it. When do you stop speaking it? Until it starts looking like what God said. He didn't stop speaking. Look at all the details that Ezekiel is speaking into that situation. He's speaking it until it begins to look like what God said. When do you stop claiming healing? When you're healed. When do you stop claiming that you're blessed to be a blessing? When you have it to give in excess? Come on. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, is this okay? In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, it says this. I love this verse. I love it, yet I don't. It says, you are snared by the words of your mouth, and you have taken, and you are taken, excuse me, by the words of your mouth. In other words, you will live what you speak. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, and it says this, death and life are in the power of what? In the power of your tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. In other words, what you speak, picture it like seeds. If you don't want tares and weeds, be careful what you speak, because God's words, they are spirit and they are life. So whatever valley you're facing today, whatever bones that you're looking at, whatever death you're seemingly looking at this morning. Do not speak death to it. Speak life to it. Look at somebody and say, speak life. Speak life. Number three, don't just do all the speaking because I know sometimes I'm guilty of it being a one-side conversation with God. Sometimes I'm a bit of a talker. Yep, exactly. Don't just be a talker and a declarer, although that is, that is absolute key. It is also key to listen closely. Somebody say, listen closely. Listen what verse seven says. So I prophesied as the Lord commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. A rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. What your situation looks like this morning is not as important as what it sounds like. You should write that down. 
what your situation looks like right now is not as important as what it sounds like. What do I mean by that? I'm sounding hyper-spiritual, right? You know what we often do, we'll do in the green room, meaning before service, or even during service itself, is we wait because we want to hear. We don't want to just, you guys, to hear what we say. We want to hear what God says, right? So sometimes it takes a waiting in the presence of the Lord so that you can hear what he hears. Angelique said this. I wish she could share this right now, but it's not the appropriate time. But she, in the back, we went into a, uh, just a strategic silence. Uh, we were all praying, and I said, listen, I want for the next 60 seconds us to just be quiet and just pray under our breath and see what the Lord has to say. And she said, she began, can I share this, Angelique? She said, she, she just said, I was distracted when you said that. She heard the music out here. She's just pay, paying attention to what people were saying under their breath in the green room. And then she says, all of a sudden, she just felt the Lord just encompass her as she was still. And she said she just began to feel peace and shut everything else off. And that's with doers, that's what you'll find. You'll find people who are really doers, they, they find trouble they find distraction in having silent times. But can I tell you, this is the most critical in the life of the believer, is listening, is being still. And can I tell you, that's where God wants us most of the time. He wants us to be still. He wants us to listen versus speak. He wants us to speak and declare, but he wants us to listen. A good friend of mine by the name of Aaron, he said, your next step is being still before the Lord. Just being quiet, just spending time with him. As a minister, oftentimes you, you minister to people and you're praying and you're reading your word and you get into this busyness, but I'm finding much more depth in my relationship with the Lord by simply being still. Be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes in your situations when there's things surrounding you that seem dead and you have this valley of dry bones, if you've done everything that you know to do, be still. And listen, listen to what the Lord is saying. Somebody say, listen to what the Lord is saying. I, I, love, I love this particular scripture, what Jesus says. I'm not gonna go to it, but I will quote it. It says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, not everybody who has physical ears has spiritual ears to hear. Not everybody who has appendages on the side of their head has the ability to hear God. But there's something to be said about sitting in his presence and hearing what he has to say about your situation. No matter what it is that you're facing this morning, can I, can I just tell you this? He has something to say about it. He has something to say about it. No matter, no matter if you're a minister and have years of experience and you don't know what your next season looks like, God has something to say about it. And he often speaks in a still, small voice. I love, and I don't... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to misquote it, but I cannot give the reference to who quoted it. He said, God shouts in our pain, but whispers in our, excuse me, I think I have that backwards. He whispers in our pleasures, and he speaks loudly in our pain. I think I got that backwards. You get the idea. In other words, you find God's voice in the stillness, in the silent place. You have to get still. You have to get quiet before him, oftentimes before he speaks. Sometimes we have to shut off all the busyness. There are times when I have to wrestle my phone out of my own hand. It's like I set appointments now with the Lord. 
If you're busy, you have to do that. Just this time is not going to be interrupted. Think about it like this. There are times that you're speaking to a specific individual, and if you see your phone ring, you don't disrespectfully answer the phone with certain individuals, or maybe you do. But most of the time, most people won't. But yet, when we're spending time with the Lord, at the first ring or the first text, we interrupt, and we wonder why he doesn't speak anymore. Just look straight. We all do that, and we're all guilty of that. Can can I tell you, the more I have found to carve out times with him and respectfully hit silence on my phone, the more he begins to speak. There's a scripture that says, do not cast cast your pearls before swine. I'm not calling a swine, but I will say this. If we disrespectfully, when we're spending time with the Lord while he's wanting to speak to us, and we disrespectfully answer the phone or interrupt our time with him, he is less apt to speak. Because the Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman. He will not enforce on our schedule. And he wants to be sought diligently. Those who diligently seek him will find him. In other words, those who are not diligent will not. Amen? Somebody say, listen closely. Listen closely. Noah, when he was building the ark, He looked crazy. Did you know that there was no rain in those days before Noah's Ark was built? They thought he was crazy. In other words, not everybody who has, he had spiritual ears to hear. He could hear the rain coming, but not everybody around him could. But Noah had a relationship with God. How many in here want to hear? Come on. How many really want to hear? Hear instruction from the Lord. And that's exactly, and Noah kept building because he had ears to hear. And I really believe that the next phase that we're entering into as a church is no longer going to, again, be this one-man show where people are going to come to hear what thus saith the Lord. We're going to come together and celebrate as a body of believers, and I believe that all will hear. You know, the, the Old Testament talks about there will come a day where not one will teach another. None will say, know the Lord, and I quote, for all will know me. And so Sunday mornings are going to be more than just about one pulpit preacher. It's going to be about the body of Christ coming together and shaking a city. Everybody's going to hear. Everybody's going to quote the scriptures. Everybody's going to live godly. Everybody's going to be passionate about Jesus. Come on, I wish people would believe that with me this morning. We're all going to be a part of the kingdom. It's called the kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. Somebody say it's coming together. Rely on what you hear, not on what you see. Rely on what you hear and not what you see. Can you stand to your feet? I had a friend of mine. We're going on 30 years being friends. And for, he's a mechanical engineer for Lock- Lockheed Martin. And for years and years and years, he would say, you need to find a different trade to get in. And I wanted to. If I would have known any better or had a degree, I would have probably got out of the trade that I was in. Those of you know me personally, you know I have a business that I've been running for, I'm going almost on 20 years. I'm 19 years now, consistently. 19 years. I've tried to get out from underneath it, but the Lord just won't let me. But year after year, you need to get out of this. You're not making any money. You're not going anywhere. But like Noah, I kept building, and I kept building, and I kept building. Do you know now he comes to me for advice, and he says to me, 
I'm glad you didn't listen to me. But you know what? It's because I could hear the rain coming. With each swing of the hammer, he was saying, stop building. You're, you're wasting your time. You're running out of nails. You're running out of wood. But I kept building because I could hear the rain coming. And so that very same person who said, quit, find another career. You're not going to be able to support your family is the same man who says, thank you for not listening to me. What am I trying to say? What you hear is more important than what you see. I know your marriage looks tough. I know your situation looks tough. It looks like God's not moving. Keep listening. Don't see with this. See with this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And lastly, when you declare, when you listen, I want you to do this. I want you to declare in detail. Somebody say declare in detail. Now watch this. In verse 8 through 10, a little lengthy, it says, Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Watch the progression. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. So he prophesied the skin, the skin came on. Now he's prophesying breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet, and it was an exceeding great army. So he prophesied to the bones. Then he prophesies skin. And then he prophesies breath to come on those bones and to come into that body. What am I trying to say? God is a detailed God. We, we say, Lord, just give me peace. But listen, God is detailed. As a matter of fact, you want to know how detailed he is? The scriptures in Psalms says every single hair, for those of you who have it, Every hair on your head is numbered. Y'all were supposed to laugh. Some have less than others, but nonetheless, whether you have three hair, three pieces, or a wig on, God counts that too. I figured since I was so serious, I needed to get you guys to laugh. But he knows every hair on your head, and they are numbered. So God's a detailed God. And he's well acquainted with what your situation looks like. He, he sees the valley. He sees the dry bones. He sees the disjointedness. He sees the things that are out of place. But what he's waiting on is for you to declare in detail. And so I say to you this morning, Matt, Mom, Miguel, Aaron, look at you waiting for me to call your name, Benjamin, Josie, what do you see in your situation? Do you see a marriage that's broken? Do you see the divorce on the horizon? Do you see your business taking off? Do you see Jesus reconciling America? Do you see health? Do you see joy? Do you see yourself getting married in God's timing? Come on, I'm trying to be practical with your situations. 
to it in detail. I was reading the book of Revelation this morning. Let me linger for just one moment. I was reading the book of Revelation and it's talking, Aaron, it's talking about the books that are in heaven. The books. There's the book of life. There's different books. And in them are written certain details. Did, did you know that your life is mapped out with specificity? Specificity, meaning God is specific about what's next for you. He's specific. Somebody say, he's specific. In other words, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, but there is details about your specific life. Donnie is supposed to do this. Miguel is going to fulfill this. Madi is going to fulfill this. Aaron is going to accomplish this. Your family is going to... He is detailed, and it's written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, there is details about you pre-written before the foundations of the world. But the problem is, God is wanting your words to line up with detail. This is why it's important to listen, because He wants you to speak about your life regarding what He sees for your life. And we have to line our words up with His. Listen what the psalmist David said. I'll, I'll validate it in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Listen what David says in Psalms 40, verse 47. It'll be up on the screen, hopefully. It says, Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book that is written of me. There's something written about you. But you have to prophesy in detail. Why is that? There was a valley of dry bones, but that wasn't God's will. Do you understand that? So just like God has a will for your life, so does the enemy. And so each day that you wake up, why is it important that you prophesy to your life? Lord, this marriage is going to be whole. Lord, this church is going to be filled. Lord, people are going to be spirit-filled at this church. Lord, we're going to accomplish your will here. We're going to fulfill your kingdom. Whatever it is that applies to your situation, you have to speak in detail because you have the enemy who's looking for legal right for your valley to remain dry and full of bones. But I believe that we have a company of people here who are prophetic, who will speak the word of the Lord boldly. And so this morning as the worship team worships, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do like Ezekiel. Get a picture of what your valley of bones looks like and I want you to prophesy, son of man. I want you to begin to speak to your situation. Whatever you know does not line up. And here, here's how you know, if it doesn't line up with what God's word says about your situation, speak to it. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.